So hello everybody, welcome back to Serious Tired. I know it's been a while and I know that this is like the final season and the final episode, but I felt like you guys deserved a bonus episode so I could explain why Serious Tired was Serious Tired was coming to an end and what's what's going on in Yo-Yo for the what's going on for Yo-Yo for the future. The reason I believe Parker would be the best guest for this was because uh, of the work we did together for CDFI because I I believe CDFI was part of my journey into realizing that I wanted to go into more of the nonprofit sector and make my mark there in terms of personal branding and helping others as that's what I really want to what I see in my future is helping others and informing others and making trying to make the world a better place as in the way I can do it. It's so cool to see how your transformation has happened. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit, but from all of these things that you're doing and experimenting and trying things, you're this perfect example of someone who actually took action to discover what they like. So just props to you for making that happen. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's, it was a very hard journey because I do love personal branding and I do know that I do know that I do in I do have a need uh, a kind of gift in a way in terms of make in terms of design and branding and coming up with new ideas. But the issue for me was that it I didn't know how to how to how to do that direct how to ref, how to communicate that with others. And I feel like with general branding, because I'm working with other people, there are other people who can help with my weaknesses and strengths. And I think that's the main reason I have stopped that I'm stopping this journey is because I feel like I'm not as good as communicating and communication is a very important part of personal branding, as Parker can tell you. For sure. No, I I think that knowing your message is, you know, uh, is half the battle realizing that, okay, if I know who I am as a personal brand, or for you headed into the nonprofit sector, knowing who it is you want to support, knowing who it is you want to help, knowing what it is maybe that you want to do in that sector, which I know that you do. And we can talk more about that. But, you know, that's half the battle is, you know, part of effective communication. The, the problem for people is we don't actually know the message that we're communicating. And so when we can get super clear on why we want to do what we want to do and how we're going to say it, then it's so much easier to then go out into the marketplace or go out into the nonprofit sector or as a personal brand, go out and say, hey, this is actually who I am and why I'm doing it. Right. So that's my encouragement is, you know, we need to get really clear on the why behind it. Otherwise, it is going to be really hard to effectively communicate because we're kind of grasping at straws, figuring out what we're supposed to say in those moments when we don't have a clear message from the beginning. And I agree with I agree with you so much because I think that's what happened with you with the yo-yo brand was that I wasn't clear enough on the message I was I was setting out because it started as oh yo-yo wants to share her faith to yo-yo wants to share her political views to yo-yo wants to share traveling to yo-yo wants to do this so there wasn't a clear message as to what was going on but with my new brand and the new way we're, we're heading 
there is a clearer message on what we write is trying to do. We are clearly trying to promote education and women's rights and do it for a newer generation and do it in a way that it's not been done before in terms of for a long time, those problems have not been addressed by women. For a long time, those problems haven't been addressed um, by younger people because it was the old, it was um, the older generation care, caring more about those issues. And mm. and one of the things I love about being a Gen Z, a Gen as part of Generation Z, is that we're one of the most conscious consumers. We really care about what we're buying. We really care about what we're putting out in the world. And I think anyone who wants to start a brand needs to consider, as you said, the market they're going into, and also what uh, what is going on currently in your generation what are other entrepreneurs doing mm. and and let's take a step back too because you know one of the things one of the big benefits of your yo-yo brand right is in my eyes and maybe you can clarify this is i think this was has been a time where you've been building something uh, as a with the goal of really finding what those things are that you're passionate about that you're really interested in and so from from my perspective I know that you don't see it as time wasted, but I think it was actually like really beneficial in terms of you were able to see from talking to people, from learning from people, learning from experiences, you know, all of these different things that you've done with the Yo-Yo brand are now going to be, you know, learning for We Write and what you're moving towards. So, you know, maybe you, you could walk through that a little bit, but what are some of the things that you've taken away? Something I took away from Yo-Yo's, um, Yo-Yo's, um, your lifestyle and your tired is like designing and designing using Canva and effective communication using design. So I, I, I'm very, I'm quite good with like designing graphics and things like that. And sometimes, and what I've realized is that that has been very beneficial with rewrite because it's been very easy for me to see a design that I don't like, if I'm going to get the graphic designer to design something and I don't like it, I can basically, because of my experience designing, I can basically be like, this is how I want it to look. This is how you should do it. And this is how visually this whole thing could come together. Right. And I think, and I didn't realize that that was something I had learned until I was communicating with someone about it. And they were like, yeah, you're really good at that. And I, I was like, oh yeah, doing everything myself taught, taught me how to do that. So I think it's all about, using every experience you have to gain a new skill and Canva and design was definitely something Yoyo's lifestyle has taught me. Communicating with others is something it's taught me. Also empathy is, is something mm. it's taught me. That's so good. I love that. And it's so good to see kind of inside, you know, now that we're looking back on everything that's happened over the past, how long was that? A year, 18 months, two years? So Yoyo's tired was a year okay. and your, your lifestyle was three years, three cool. years of blogging. Yeah. yeah. And so looking back kind of in, in the, the overview of everything, being able to see the different pieces that you picked up along the way is so cool. And I love being able to kind of in the moment now, just look back and see some of these things. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think Parker, the reason also, the reason I brought Parker on here is that I have to give Parker his credit as a leader and as team organizer, because I didn't, I will, I, he taught me that anyone, and I say anyone can be a team leader, not, I'm not to discredit his, his skills as a team leader. He taught me that it's 
It's about having the right tools, having the right people at your side to be a leader. And I think if it wasn't for Parker, I don't think I would have had the confidence to um, build We Write to what it is now, to lead these amazing, talented women in the way I do. I I wouldn't even call it a leadership, but I would call it more partnership, like Mm. a, a, a leadership that's a partnership. And I think I have to give Parker his credit for that. For, for anyone who hasn't heard me talk about leadership before, my philosophy on leadership is all about empowerment. So when you talk, you mentioned the word partnership, and that's really how I view leading a team or working in a team is there's three kind of core values that I have in teamwork. Empowerment partners with ownership. So empowerment is me saying, hey, I want to give you the the ability to make choices i want you to i want to give you the the tasks i want you to be able to to do what you want in this space within whatever framework it is right and and then that partners with on the other side of things ownership right saying hey if i'm making the decision and it goes well i'm going to own it if it, if it goes poorly i'm going to own it right so we as team members trust each other because we're taking ownership for the things that we're doing right and then the third thing is accountability actually holding each other accountable to do the things that we say we're going to do right and that accountability builds the trust and the authenticity and the honesty with each other so within a team environment, I'm very dynamic about it. I, I want it to always be a, a great place for communication and honesty and openness, because I think that's, you know, that's where I've seen the most value as a team and the most benefit, right? So, you know, we mentioned CDFI, when we're working in that environment, if I say, hey, man, like, uh, we're going to put these two videos together, but you have this kind of raw footage, you do it the way you want to do it. And, and you um, edit it as you see fit. And let me know what you think about it. And, and then they say, hey, I'll have it done in seven days, right? You know, the next Friday, I'm going to have it back. Well, there's two things that could happen. You know, one is they make it happen. They do it. They have their own creative spin on it. It's perfect, right? And if it's theirs and they're owning it and they're owning the success of it, you know, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to say, hey, maybe we tweak these one or two things. Otherwise, hey, we're sending it, right? The other thing that could happen is, is they, it gets to the next Friday, and they don't have it done. And I come to them, I say, Hey, you know, we, we agree, you know, this was our, our kind of team agreement, right? You said you committed to having it done. Um, you know, what happened, right? And that's when we look back, we hold each other accountable. We say, Hey man, no, it was just a busy test week. You know, I had some stuff going on. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, Hey, let's own the mistakes, own the growth, and then hold each other accountable to it. And that's my philosophy on building a great team. And I think that is so spot on. Uh, especially with the mistakes thing. Mm. So I something I found very difficult, it was telling someone else that I didn't quite like what had been done. Mm. And it's very hard to say that because I don't want to seem like a horrible person. And I also don't want to, I also want to acknowledge the mistakes I have made because sometimes when I'm giving directives, I'm not very clear on what should be given. So if I'm saying design this logo, I may not be clear about how they should have designed the logo and they make a mistake. So therefore it's my fault. And I think a lot of people are dictators when they lead. And so when there's a mistake, they're like, it's your fault. You're the evil person. When a lot of the time mistakes in a team are usually a a collaborated effort. You, 
you might have not have communicated it in the right way. And that's why they made the mistake. And you have to, as Parker said, you have to acknowledge it and take accountability for the fact that you did not make that clear enough. That is also linked to having the right people mm. on board. And I really want to discuss with you, how do you find the right people? Because you seem to always to be, to be able to attract good talent. I wanted to know how you do it and then discuss how I am trying to do it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so here's here's the first my first piece of advice and this especially goes for younger people but can apply to everyone. It's uh, I'm very intentional about constantly looking for new people. So when I don't have any job that I could offer, when I don't have anything specific, right? It's about just still reaching out to those people, still meeting. I do it through the podcast. I do it through my community. I do it through school. And um, when you're intentional about meeting new people, right? You mentioned, oh, you know, I kind of know a lot of high quality people, right? Well, let's say one out of every five people that I meet is very high quality to that standard where I would actually work with them or I would actually do something like that with them. You being included, all of those people being included. If one out of every five is high quality, then I have to meet five people in order to get that one person, right? And so that's my mindset is if I know 25 people, then maybe five of those are up to the standard where I would say, hey, I want to work on a project with you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is about realizing people's strengths and really playing to them, right? So if I see, let's take Rishi as a great example. Rishi was really interested in his personal YouTube brand. He said, I really want to do YouTube. I want to do Instagram reels and TikTok. I want to do video. And this opportunity came up where I needed a video editor and I needed someone to volunteer, right? Because I didn't have money as far as budgeting. It was just volunteer organized. So I said, hey, Rishi, man, you've been talking about doing your YouTube videos. You've been talking about editing all of this stuff. How would you feel about getting on board and doing some stuff with me in CDFI in video editing so that you could get experience, right? I leveraged what I knew that he wanted and what I knew that he was interested in for a position that he then spent probably the most time out of any of the team members doing editing and doing it because he genuinely was interested on improving himself. So that's my second thing is, is really playing into people's strengths and desires. And then um, I think that it, the, the last piece of it is kind of figuring out who's going to work together, looking at actual personality, right? So saying, hey, this person's personality and this person's may come together really well and they're going to collaborate well, right? So I knew like Adam and Daniel were both here. I know that they interact. I know that they play together well. And so in that environment, they're going to be very collaborative with the email list and, and, and kind of managing the, the social media side of stuff. So that works really well together. So it's just about those kind of three pieces and then meeting people, pulling strengths, and then connecting the right people. And if you can kind of find that good balance, then that's where you can see a lot of success in the team environment from my experience. I completely agree with you because I had a similar experience with Rewrite. Okay. So initially, if you don't know this, Rewrite started as three people, only three people, me and my two other really good friends. And then I realized that three people could not do the job that we needed to get done in Rewrite. We just couldn't, even if we had all the time in the world, we didn't have the skills, to, we didn't all have the best skills to do it. And then, so I realized that we needed to expand. And when I was looking for people to expand, I was like, who, who do I need? Who do I need? And then I realized that I have an amazing friend who was already doing 
what Rewrite was doing in the same place we were doing it. And she really wanted the opportunity. She was looking for opportunities to do that. And I reached out to her and I said, can you come on board? I really need someone with your skill sets. And she came on board and has like completely transformed the way we do our projects and we write. She essentially lead, um, is leading all the projects and leading all of that. And because she knows how it works, she knows how to get things done. She knows the, the place that we're working. She knows the people we're working with. She can find schools. She knows what she's doing. And I, I'd known this person for two years and I'd been running Rewrite for two years and I never really thought of her. Like, and then when I started looking critically at my friendship groups, I realized I had a lot of friends with skills. And so I, it started as my friends and then it became my, my friend's friend. And then it became my contacts on LinkedIn who I was like, yeah, I kind of know you, but I kind of don't. And these conversations um, led to me finding the people who were the best for the job and leveraging their skills, as you said. And I think it's a lot of people don't realize how many useful people you have in your life that you're overlooking. You don't realize that someone might be doing exactly what you want to be doing. It's all about asking questions. And that's what, what I love about also being a Gen Z because I see so many people asking questions. The other day I was on Instagram, my friend was looking for a graphic designer and I was like, oh my God, I know an amazing graphic designer. And that's how she found the graphic designer she needed. Right. A lot of people are looking for your skill base. You just need to look carefully for it. And also students, you really need to utilize students because a lot of students are very skilled and need a lot of experience. As you said, as you gave with your example, a lot of them want the opportunity to do these things and they are willing to put a lot of effort to do these things. Absolutely. One thing that you, you mentioned there kind of knowing people's talents and knowing kind of how to or, or being able to see, hey, where the graphic designer example, right, and this type of thing. And one of the things and I got this from a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's a it's kind of a self improvement book, but there was a there's a principle in there. And it's it's pretty simple. It's just um, talking about how to become genuinely interested in other people. And in so many situations, especially for young people, um, we struggle with, we, we always want to share about ourselves, right? We always want to talk about, hey, here's the thing that I've got going on. Here's the thing. And what I've found in doing building the taking a breath community and spending a lot of time with young adults is when I am genuinely interested in the person asking about their interests, what they do, what they spend their time on, what they enjoy, what they want to grow in. When I have those conversations that are genuinely them centered, I'm able to end up getting a lot of benefit because I actually realize who that person is outside of just, hey, I go to this school and this is my major and this is my name, right? Because a lot of times we're pretty surface level, but if you can get deeper and find out some of the things that they value and some of the things that they desire, then that's where you can open up opportunities to actually be a person of value by introducing them to the right people, right? You mentioned that you have a friend who needs a graphic designer. You met this person that's a graphic designer, and now you're able to connect them for mutual value. And that's been my thing is I want to be kind of that central um, piece of the wheel where all the spokes are going out, but you know, I can connect all of these different people. And so um, that's kind of been where I've been headed. And for a team lead, 
leader or for a entrepreneur, being able to be that networker who can connect people of value is super crucial. And it starts with being interested in the people to know what they do and how they can bring their skill sets and talents to other people. And I agree with you, especially when I, I, when I was expanding We Write, I took a lot of interviews. And I realized with, intervie- with interviews, when you're asking a lot of questions, you realize that you have a lot of areas of commonality with people when you start listening to them. And you don't do, you don't realize that until you have to have a lot of conversations with people. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you said, once you start speaking to people, you start realizing their strengths, their weaknesses, and what they can offer, what they can offer to you and for themselves. And you can right. often have a mutually beneficial relationship. And the way that you can, if you can find the point where they are going to be invested, it's so valuable. Um, because a lot of times, you know, let's say if I'm looking for an email expert, right, someone to do my email and my MailChimp and all of this, you know, I could say, hey, what can you bring to the table, right? Hey, what can, what, what have you done in the past that's good for me? What have you done? But if I can say, hey, what are you going to get out of this? What can I bring to you? What is this going to bring value to you? then you can actually see why they're interested, right? If they say, well, I'm really interested in learning more about this so that I can apply it to to my own thing, or I'm really interested in doing this because, right, CDFI, Children with Disabilities Fund International, I'm really interested in supporting children with disabilities globally, right? And when you see that and it's like, oh, I have experience in email, but I really want to support the cause, then it's actually it clicks for them and it makes it a huge value add. That's what I realized with a lot of people as well, with rewrite as well, is is that a lot of people have this skill, but they don't know how to link it to that industry. As you mentioned, like I met an amazing um, person with social media and she was like, I have a lot of experience with social media, but I don't have a lot of experience in the nonprofit sector. And I would really want this opportunity so I could build on my experience with the nonprofit sector. And I needed someone who was really, who had a lot of expertise in social media. So it was very mutually beneficial because I had a lot of experience with a nonprofit and, and a bit with social media. And she had a lot of experience with social media and a bit in the nonprofit. So we were able to leverage that. And I thought that, I thought that was a really, a really good example of what you said. I, I just want to, and I want to end this by saying I, I've loved everything that I've done the past three years. And I hope, I hope if you, and if you want to see any of my creative side or anything, you can still look, you can still look at what we write is pushing out because a lot of that creative, the creative angle in we write has, does have my input, does have my approval. So you will see some sense of yo-yo in we write, but it's not just yo-yo, it's other people as well. So if you want to, whether you want to look at the blog platform that's coming to we write soon or any of the other content that we're going to be putting out, a lot of that is going to have my input in it. And if you, if you miss yo-yo tired or yo-yo, yo-yo lifestyle, please look up we write and look at what we've, we've been doing. And also um, look at park, look at, Parker, look at, look at taking a breath. Taking a breath is one of the best podcasts. Um, uh, one of the best podcasts out there. It has such insightful guests. 
Parker is such an insightful individual himself. So I just want to say thank you for the support and I hope you continue to support me and listen to Parker. Absolutely. Hey, real quick, if my audience is listening, where can they go to find WeWrite? Like what's the best place to connect with what you're doing? So if you want to connect with WeWrite, the best place to go at the moment is our Instagram. We're having a rebrand. So you will be updated on everything that's happening in WeWrite. If you stay on our Instagram, our, um, our Instagram is at, at I-G-R-T-E. Uh, and just go there and you will see all our content and there's lots of more amazing things coming up this summer. Just keep, keep your eyes on that. Sweet. At I-G-R-T-E, right? Yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. And um, I wanted to make sure I knew that as well. I want to share it with people and the community. Obviously, you know, very active community. And, and actually, Yo-Yo has been to, to several of our meetings and stuff and has gotten to connect with some, some cool people there. So, um, Yo-Yo, I really appreciate it. This was a killer end to everything that you've done. So, I appreciate being a part of it. But I love how you kind of brought everything full circle. It's been amazing to see. Thank you, Parker, and thank you everyone for listening. And good, um, good luck with all your future endeavors. Just remember, you can always change your mind and always change whatever direction you're going. Um, and thank you for everything. Then I'm still waiting. Perfect picture, I'm still painting. Going strong, but I'm still fainting.